The amount of food waste and, and the, the damage it does and the impact it has on the environment. Businesses and people need to do more to, to minimise the amount of, of food that food that goes to waste. Hello and welcome to the Age of Plastic podcast with me, Andrea Fox, your environmental podcast delving into sustainability, people doing things differently and how we can play our part as well. A belated happy Earth Day to you as well, it's Earth Day this week. And last week's guest, Sustainable and Social's Amy, was posting some amazing stats on Earth Day. Check that out on Sustainable and Social on Instagram. And if you haven't listened to her brilliant episode, Busting Those Plastic Myths, go back and make sure you listen to that one. That was the last episode in this series so far. As always, an eco life hack on the way for you today after our brilliant guest. Now, we talk a lot about the scourge of single-use plastic and the waste and consumerism that is around currently in society. One of the companies that's trying to do something about that is the award-winning packaging that puts the planet first. Their words, not mine. Uh, They are wanting a world without waste. I'm talking about Biopack. Now, they were formerly known as Biopack with a C, UK. They've now merged with the Australia leading eco-friendly packaging company to come Biopack with a K. Today I'm chatting to the sales manager for Biopack, Richard Harries. He's not been with the company very long, but as you'll tell, he's quite passionate, definitely a man who should be working in sales. We chat about so many interesting things on today's episode, including their brilliant new compost network that they're working on. We also talk about packaging a lot, as you might imagine. What exactly is bioplastic? What is biocane? The difficulties of recycling and the future of packaging. Now, Rich is pretty new to sustainability and has only been with Biopack since last November. He's quite green. See what I did there? And passionate too. Having started his career in pubs and kitchens before moving into a job with less late nights when he had a family, he's also worked feeding school kids and worked on holiday hunger charities. Now, just a reminder, we're all still recording remotely, so please excuse any sound issues. I did get Rich to sit on top of his router as well, bless him. Uh, but here's Rich Harris from Biopack with more about how he got into the sustainable world. Did a, did a lot of really good work on sort of menu development and holiday hunger charities and things like that. And then, uh, yeah, after about 10 years there, uh, COVID hit, the world ended. And uh, there was me looking for looking for a, another opportunity and then... Biopack came along and I fell in love with their mission straight away Um, and it's been four months and I've honestly never been happier at work. It's fantastic. I think throughout my career I've sort of had existential crises and sort of wondered about the futility of it all and what's the point, what's the bigger picture and now I'm like, it sounds narcissistic, I'm saving the world which is brilliant. And my daughter is delighted with it as well. So, oh, Rich. I mean, like as a freelancer, that's my, that's I, I worry about that every single day. So you're, you're <laughs> yes. pre- preaching to the converted here. Um, and it's so interesting. We talk so much on the podcast about people want to work for companies that do good, and they want to buy from companies that do good. This is the sort of change that we're seeing yeah. from consumers, or you know, citizens. We should say. Yeah, definitely. It's it, it's. It's amazing the attitude change it can give you when when you're doing a wider good. And, and you know, the great thing about Biopack is that, you know, we donate money to charities. A proportion of the profits goes directly to charities. We're planting trees. We're given a couple of days off every year to go and work with charities that, that we're, we're passionate about. And, you know, it's, it's a good business to work for. And you just feel like you're doing good. And it's it feels so great to wake up in the morning with a with a smile on my face and know that I'm know that I'm doing my bit and, and helping businesses, 
you know, achieve their sustainability goals. And, and it's just an all round good news story. And, and you sort of said, you know, the fact that you've been with the company not very long and now you're on this journey and you feel so connected with it proves that anyone can. So do, do you feel like you sort of were not really aware of the sustainability issues before you came and joined the company? Um, no, I, I was aware. I'm a, I'm a Green Party member and sort of and always, always have been. But I didn't really, I knew the climate, you know, I knew about the climate emergency and, you know, we're a wasteful consumerist society and we need to make changes but probably what i didn't realize was how many great products and solutions there are out there that are a viable alternative to to single-use plastics and i now get so infuriated when i'm walking around the supermarket and i pick up a bucket of cherry tomatoes and it's and it's covered in plastic and there's just there's no need for it there's no need for it so i feel great that i'm sort of preaching this great message of this alternative that people like me who walk around Tesco's and Sainsbury's will we'll really buy into. And the Biopack sort of mission statement, as it were, is world without waste. So can you kind of explain a little bit about what that means, what that means to you? Yeah, certainly, certainly. To me, it means that we're, you know, we're fully in support of the circular economy. So the end goal is that, you know, packaging, food waste, etc., gets, gets treated properly, it's composted, and then it goes back into the earth and promotes that, that circular economy. I think it wasn't until I joined the business that I saw or realised quite how much of our recycling waste ends up going to landfill. You, know, you just you assume naturally as a, as a member of the public that you put something in your green bin and then good things are going to happen to it. But I'm staggered to see that there's such a low percentage that actually ends up ends up getting recycled and so that's why I'm so happy to be in the business that I'm in because we can you know make a big difference to what is a massive massive problem to to the climate and to the the emergency we're facing. I wondered when you thought the sort of single-use plastic issue started because it's not something that we've had around forever. I guess it's been around for about 70 years. So where, where do you think it really all stemmed from? Do you think it was supermarkets? Do you think it was food and restaurants? I think it's supermarkets and retailers trying to do everything that they can to to prolong life of, of products. And and ultimately, it's the penny pinching and going for the for the cheapest and easiest solution to a problem. Um, and as consumers, we just got so used to it, we didn't even understand that it was a problem. And then I think when you know David Attenborough came along and and did his fantastic television, and and Hugh the same, and you know jumps on stage and does her bit. And I think the awareness of the fact that it is a problem is is greater now. I think we, there was a a UN study wasn't there recently I think like 82% of Brits agree there's a climate emergency and there is the appetite within the public now to to make changes that aren't sacrifices that end up making a making a big difference yeah and I think lots of people may have heard of a biopack if they haven't this is sort of the single use plastic option but there are actually some plastic products and we are going to get into that but let's really break it down for people then bio cups would be one of the products that you have uh, that is made from plastic but it's a PLA so what exactly is a PLA which I think stands for plant derived bioplastic yeah is that right? yeah that's it that's exactly it I mean I'm no I'm no scientist or biochemist but me neither <laughs> <laughs> 
the, the big picture is that it's a it's a plant-based plastic and so it's industrially compostable so we're working with you know, festivals sports stadia and the like so that we have that compostable cup that the beer goes in and then we have the compost bins that everything can go in and then arrange that end of life solution as well so we've got a compost network that will go and pick up food waste beer pla burger boxes the works pick it up turn it into compost which i think is uh it's a solution that's been really well received i think it's going to make being environmentally friendly so much easier for businesses like you say, it's back to that circular economy and the world without waste, which is the whole biopack sort of solution. And I think a lot of people sometimes, they maybe get a bit like, well, it contains plastic or or it's only industrially compostable. Um, but this is, you know, better than yeah. single-use plastic, isn't it? It's like we can't worry too much about being perfect right yet we're, we're getting there yeah though, aren't no, we? yeah that's ex- that's exactly it i think you know it's a, it, it's a st- it's the start of a journey and it's a solution that that works that you know it's not perfect and the people involved in the in the sort of technical side of things are maybe innovating constantly to try and make sure that we can make things as as, as easy to deal with at that end of life point as possible but you know it's the best solution that's available for that for now and you know we're hopeful that we can just keep improving from an innovation point of view, from an end of life point of view. If, if the government do their bit, then commit to collecting compostable waste efficiently and effectively, then industrially compostable things can be a feature in, in everybody's home as well. So, Yeah, and do you think that is a, a main area of concern for you guys, like what the government's doing about home recycling? Because that's going to be one of my questions, you know, bioplastic. Obviously, you're quite consumer-facing. You sell to, you know, mainly to businesses yeah, rather right, yeah. than homes. Yeah. But a lot of these products, people might take them home and think, I'll put them in my home recycling, but then they get confused because it's a bioplastic and how how exactly should they be recycling it? Yeah, yeah, and that, and that's, that's, that's the big issue because the PLA you know, it will ultimately contaminate the home recycling stream. And so what we need to do is, I think DEFRA have committed to, by 2023, there is going to be compostable waste collections to every home in the, in, in the country. And at that point, you know, all of that sort of food waste and compostable waste will go and be industrially composted and, and dealt with. So, but yeah, even, you know, the, the PLA, it's far better from a from a, a carbon perspective it's it sort of the production of it produces 70 percent less carbon than the than the single-use plastic alternatives um and given that i think something like nine percent of plastic waste actually ends up getting recycled most of it gets sent abroad not the perfect solution for now but it's but it's a good start and there is a that that sort of roadmap that pathway to making it the sort of the, the perfect solution for for home-based, home-based plastics yeah because i think that is that is the confusing thing and i i wonder what what is your advice i suppose for uh someone listening who's maybe got some of this bioplastic stuff at home i mean is it to just save it up and try and find an industrial composting facility near you um yeah and, and the thing is as i say yes i'm also acutely aware of how completely unreasonable it is that is ask of people um you can't build you know industrial <laughs> compost you know no you can only do so much as a company no no exactly exactly you know from our point of view this is the market for these sorts of products are the sort of are, are the event industry where you know the products don't actually make their way home to home 
to people or, or with people. They're sort of very much consumed on site and dealt with on site. So sort of PLA working its way into, into people's home isn't, isn't a massive issue. Um, obviously, it's something that once DEFRA pull their fingers out and get these collections sorted, that, uh, yeah, that, that there'll be a proper solution for. When it comes to, um, you know, commercially versus industrially uh, compostable, where do you think the confusion has come from and, and who's sort of to blame in a way? <laughs> the, the, um, the only reason for confusion is poor communication. So we'll work with customers, restaurants, events, whatever, and work on a, on a sort of co-branded education piece to explain to the end user through posters, table toppers, et cetera, exactly how you need to treat each product, what bin that it goes in, et cetera. And, you know, the industry as a whole, whether it's the retailers, whether it's manufacturers, they need to make sure that people are aware of what to do. Businesses are going on a an admirable sustainability journey, but that only works if they're taking everybody that they deal with on them with it. Speaking of which, you not only put up posters at venues, but you have quite a few branded items, I notice as well, Biopack, like the Green Cup and things like that, that, you know, literally as soon as you pick it up, it's telling you what to what to do with that item yeah. when you're finished with yeah, it. Yeah, we do. I, I I fell in love with the I'm a Green Cup. Well, my daughter does, especially as it, as, it, as it was purple in the case of the sample that we got. It was very confusing for her, but she loved it. But it's, you know, it's it's great messaging and it says really clearly to people that, you know, this is this is a compostable product. So you put it in the put it in the compostable bin at the event or the restaurant that you that you're at. Um and it's 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 a great story for it's a great story for people to tell. And you know, we're lucky in that we can also sort of have have people sort of logos and any other text but on there on there as well. So it's um it's a, a sort of co-branded joint exercise for us. It's really good. Yeah. And let's talk about some of the other products that you've got. So are you able to tell me a little bit about what biocane actually is yes. and how that's a more sustainable option? Yes. This is um this is really exciting. It's brilliant. It's made from a byproduct from the sugarcane refining industry. So there's no sort of farming for it. It's it's a residual material, effectively. Um, and then it's sort of processed and shaped, and we can pretty much turn it into, into anything we want, from sort of the trays that your cherry tomatoes should come in to clamshell burger boxes, all sorts of... The- yes, I saw that on the social media. Yeah. Like, get your oysters in a biocane yeah. box. I was like, yes, fancy. Yeah, it's absolutely <laughs> brilliant. And, and the great thing about that product is you can recycle it in your paper stream at home or you can home compost it or industrially compost it as well right so, so just because it's made out of sugar we can't eat it no well i, I haven't personally tried okay <laughs> not right well, not you know, not you know give it a go my diet's <laughs> terrible so it can't get much <laughs> Not biopack recommended, but yeah, maybe give it a lick. See what you feel. <laughs> Bit of sriracha hot sauce. <laughs> oh, now you're now you're speaking my language. My favourite food is sauce, as in condiments. <laughs> Hey, whilst we're at the midway point of today's episode, don't forget, if you have a subject you'd like me to cover on the Age of Plastic podcast, maybe your own eco-life hack you've discovered you'd like to share, or you've just got a comment for me, send me a letter. Only kidding. Uh, find us on Instagram and Facebook. Just search for Age of Plastic podcast, and I'm on Twitter, Andrea underscore Fox, and you can also send me a message via my website, iamandreafox.co.uk. Okay, back to today's Age of Plastic podcast guest. 
going back to this sort of packaging, um, you know, that hopefully in the future, maybe we will see more of it in supermarkets. But at the moment, it's, you know, mainly like food on the go and drinks on the go. Um, what when it's contaminated with food product and you're unable to wash that off, you've really got to compost it, even if it's recyclable. Yeah, right? you have. You have. I think with 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 any recyclable food food based products once it's once it's got food in it or on it that you can't that you can't get off it's it's not going to be recycled it's the great thing about about this product is that you can you can compost it at home and and get your, get your lovely soil to to stick in your herb garden um it's it really yeah i absolutely love the product i think it's brilliant nice it's nice to hear you so excited about i am you know i I get excited about sustainable stuff like this, so it's, it's nice to have a chat with you about this. So you're also excited about bio Yeah, I know it's mental, but it's like I say, four months ago, I had no idea that the stuff even existed. And now I walk around, I walk around supermarkets and you, you just see so much bloody plastic. And now that I know that there is a viable solution for it, it just it annoys me, but it excites me at the same time because... You know, I'm in a, in a position to to make a to make a real difference, and you know, we're all working hard to do that. Yeah, and you're making such a difference in the packaging industry. Do you see supermarkets as the next sort of area where biopack products could be used? Definitely, we're working with some some manufacturers at the moment. So I'll, I can't mention the names, obviously, but we, obviously. obviously, obviously, you'll tell me <laughs> off air. But yeah, we won't be able to mention them on the. No, horses. no, but yeah, certainly, I think within within the next six months, I'll be I'll be walking around Sainsbury's or Co-op or Tesco, and there will be a number of lines that are housed in this biocane material, um, and it will be a source of a source of real pride. And I think once you know, once there's a, once there's a few in there, the floodgates will open, and uh, yeah, I desperately hope to never ever see. Bloody ready meal in a plastic again. <laughs> it is, yeah, and it is amazing. And obviously, we need to, you know, be wasting less across the board. But when it comes to food waste and that plastic waste you get with food, which is used for so little time, and that we've heard before, doesn't really increase the life of products that much. No. That's quite exciting. That's quite exciting. So, do you think this is the future of packaging in the packaging industry? The kind of products that Biopack makes? Yeah, I do. I do. This, yeah, the. The biocane products, because it's got so many end of life solutions, it's just brilliant. I'm like, I never thought you could be in love with a sugarcane residual product, but <laughs> here I am. Here, you know, supermarkets, retailers, everybody is, you know, keen to make changes, not compromises, that that will have an impact on the environment and and customers, consumers, the general public are really keen to to make those changes as well. So it's yeah, all we've got to do is just sort of bring those two things together and see what happens. That quote you just used about not not compromising. And I feel like sometimes that is kind of... How, like, I will go to the zero-waste shop to avoid the single-use packaging, but I have the time and the money to do that, and it's just not viable for everyone else. So, um, yeah, it's it, you know, that is a compromise I am making in my life, and it would be so much easier if the producers just... Were, you know and obviously they are now but it's taken feels like it's taken a long time i sometimes feel for consumers to take this on board do you think that's fair yeah i, I do i do and i think, I think the problem is that the retailers have got themselves in a position where all they care about is how cheap they can get something out most studies show that you know the general public will pay a bit more for a for a sustainably produced product and Look at what the 
traffic light system has done for the Guys Against Obesity. Uh, yeah, I think it's a fantastic system and it makes it really clear when you pick up a product, if it's red, it's it's terrible. And the reason why we can't do the same for the sort of environmental impact of producing that product, taking into account, you know, the environmental cost of, of the produce, the production, the freight, the transport, the packaging, and and have have some sort of traffic light system on there so people can just make a simple easy informed choice as to as to which way they want to go and and if somebody was to try it they, they would soon find that people are making green choices yeah totally because i stand there in the supermarket now and i'm like right okay we want plastic free we want the at least food miles we can yeah <laughs> you know which meat has the lowest sort of environmental impact and have i eaten too much fish this month and that sort of thing it's difficult. It is, it is. And, you know, it's just not easy enough for us to figure out what's a good choice and what's a bad choice. Um, I think, you know, if we could come up with a system that just, just makes that makes that choice easier for people to make, then the world would be in a much better place. It's that sort of level of transparency that I think retailers sometimes have to be forced into doing it, as they were with the traffic light system for the the sort of sugar and the fat content because it puts it sort of front and center how much sugar is in this and how much fat is in that and didn't want to put it front and center because they didn't put it off do you think that do you think that's a, something that's really got to come from government or business just in your opinion all all businesses will have sustainability goals and they and all of that but they need to be more than just a pdf that's hidden away on somebody's website they need to be genuine goals and a genuine blueprint to how they want to do business um and obviously you know the government certainly needs to do more um they've come out with the green recovery fund and the clean growth challenge and all of these things that try and help the fight against single-use plastics but ultimately they're not putting the money in i mm. spent 50 million quid on a garden bridge that didn't <laughs> happen <laughs> yes you know but and then they it's imaginary. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> 50 million on an imaginary bridge and 80 million quid for, for the Green Growth Fund. It's just, they need to do their bit. They need to take it seriously. They say all the right things. They do, but they just need to, they need to put it into action. Yeah, and I some, sometimes think people see the headlines, um, especially with other things around, the, you know, the COVID-19 pandemic, and they forget to follow up. They think maybe that has happened. And then you might find out three years later that, you know, their money never got Yeah, it was just sort of like quietly, that, so. quietly scrapped and, and, exactly. and nobody's, nobody's asked the question about it. And, you know, there are, there are obviously, you know, there are plenty of pri- high-profile people that are sort of trying to hold, hold the government to account and, and get, them to, get them to keep their promises. And, and, that's, and that's on everybody to, to try and do that bit, do their bit and, and enforce that change and, and get in contact with the supermarkets and, and say, you know, why is this thing wrapped in plastic? There's absolutely no need for it. And that's where people power and personal sort of responsibility, you know, sometimes people think, oh, I can't make much of a change, but you really can by you know not just doing your own little thing but influencing people around you including the places you shop and you know your peers your friends your family yeah definitely you know every every big change in the world has ultimately started by by people people have demanded a change or people have pressed for a change and then you know eventually a change has happened and you know pretty much every study you read shows that people believe 
in the climate emergency and that, and that action needs to be taken. And they just need to keep shouting that and, and, and force businesses to make changes that are for the good of, for the good of everybody. You've touched on it at the beginning, but I wanted to ask about uh, an exciting new project. I don't know if this is an exclusive reveal. Probably not. Um, But the Compost Network. The Compost Network is an absolute game changer. The events for festivals, for for restaurants, for town centres, city centres, it's brilliant. We've got, obviously, Biopack sort of make and produce and and sell this amazing compostable packaging um but now we've got that end of life solution as well in that the compost network will provide the relevant bins and information pieces and signage and then collect that waste and turn it into compost so we've got that that genuine end of life solution that we've sort of completed the circle of of sustainability um and the, the response to it has been has been absolutely absolutely phenomenal. It's a, it's a, it's a really exciting time for us. It's gonna it's gonna make a massive difference to to what we do and how we do it and why we do it. And and it will help businesses see the full picture. It's it's a really really exciting project. It's been a a lot of hard work for for people certainly cleverer than I. But uh, yeah, it's sort of done and it's launched and we've got some we've got some really good brands on board going through the sort of first the first stages as we speak it's really good so will we be seeing this at like festivals and events and you know maybe in the high street as we head out as things open up yeah yeah that's the yeah that's the plan we've got we've got several events up and down the country that have that have signed up to it so they're gonna have compostable packaging for bars for food service etc sort of compost bins and then recycling bins and general waste bins as well Everything is sort of dealt with and sorted appropriately, and those that even want the compost back have it. So we're we're working with some local authorities on uh, for their for their school meal services as well. So at the moment with the whole COVID bubble situation, there's a sort of fractured dining experience for kids, and so disposable sales have, have gone through the roof in education. Whereas now we're, we're working with them on compostable packaging, food waste, compostable bins, and then. The kids get the compost back for their for their growing programs as well, which is a great story. So yeah, I think in the next sort of 12, 18 months, it'll be in university campuses, in schools, festivals and events, on beaches, all sorts of stuff. It's uh it's yeah, really, really genuinely exciting. And it's a great, it's a great development for for, for the country and for the environment. 100% and we talk so much on this podcast I'm always like if I could snap my fingers and change one thing I'd make it so that if you have to produce the pro- some kind of product you have to think about its end of life and yeah. this is exactly what Biopack's done by creating the compost network right? Yeah definitely definitely it's like you say it's it's alright creating something but but how it's dealt with at the end is is just as if not if not more important and so we've 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 come up with this with this network and yeah, it's it's a real it's a real game changer, and like I say, across many different industries, the uh, the response has been really good. So it's going to make it's going to make a massive difference and a massive impact. Awesome. And I wanted to ask as well, because um, Biopack is kind of to, we've been going since 2002 in the UK. You've joined with a B Corp to become Biopack in Australia. So you're kind of one company now. Um, both those places, the EU and Australia, are have plastic bans in place and are bringing in more plastic bans. I just wondered what your opinion of those were. I think it's a, it's a really good start. It's a really good start. The, the single use plastic directive and the 
extended producer responsibility as well. It's forcing people to make to make greener decisions, and that can only be a good thing. Um, and it's it's getting more and more publicity as well. I think there's uh, you know the Sky News are doing their their daily climate show starting today, which is going to again just make sure that the climate emergency gets back on gets back on on top of the top of the media agenda. Yeah, and it affects so many other things that we've talked about in the podcast before. It affects health, it affects jobs, it affects everything. So, yeah, it's uh, it's good to see these these sort of changes, like you say. And I mentioned what I would like to see if I could just, you know, snap my fingers. If you could snap your fingers and change one thing um, about sorting out our climate issues, what would it be? It would be government. It would be it would be tackling tackling food waste. Uh, and making sure that we've got proper food and compostable packaging production services to people's home because the amount of food waste and, and the, the damage it does and the impact it has on the environment is is phenomenal it's completely unnecessary the amount of food that just ends up doing nothing but releasing methane and, and doing damage to the environment and i think you know on a wider basis businesses and people need to do more to, to minimize the amount of of food that food that goes to waste um there are some great projects about like the, the real junk food project that sort of reclaim that waste and and, and try and minimize the minimize the impact of, of food waste on on the environment yeah it's a huge huge waste area we've touched on it before um with one of our guests um rich i've lo- absolutely loved chatting about you know compost and biocane with you um but we're nearly at the end of our time so i just have to ask these two questions we ask all of our guests plastic is a useful material we are lovers not haters we just want to see an end to single use plastic so is there an item in your life that you're really glad contains plastic um there is there is i'm looking at it right now it's it's an item that has probably saved saved my life and it is my daughter's tangle teaser <laughs> Her hair is ridiculously fine and knotty. And if I brush it with anything other than this Tangle Teaser, I'm drowning in the salty tears of an eight-year-old. I'm I'm delighted with the invention of my plastic Tangle Teaser. I have a black one that is leopard print and I'm never, ever, 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 ever getting rid of it. <laughs> They're so use- they are so useful. I'm sorry. Maybe they'll come out with a bamboo version or a biocane version yeah, in the future. Maybe. But yeah, for now it's doing the trick. And yeah. We've had ours for about five years and it is just, it's probably the best four quid I have ever given. (laughs) That is a great one. We haven't had that as well. I love it when it's one we haven't had before. Um, Your environmental hero as well, Rich. Yeah, well, I'm a Green Party member, so I have obviously got to say Caroline Lucas. I actually used to live in Brighton. I don't, are you down in Brighton? I'm not, no, no, I'm I'm in Staffordshire, as you can tell. Possibly by a slight brummy twinge to my voice. <laughs> yes. Caroline Lucas, though, yeah. Yeah, yeah. absolute, absolute, absolute hero. Um, does an incredible job for for, for for the people of Brighton and for and for the UK and spends a great deal of try, time trying to highlight highlight green issues in the government and, and holding the government to account on on promises not kept. So yeah, Caroline Lucas, absolute legend. Awesome. Rich Harries, a sales manager from Biopack. Thank you so much for joining me on the Age of Plastic podcast. It's been great, Andrea. Thanks very much for having me. I think it's interesting that discussion that we had. 2023, the buyback bottle scheme. I mean, that's already been kicked down the road. Just one of those examples that I say of people hearing the headline and thinking, oh, the work is being done. And now just FYI, 
and for all of the team listening at Biopack, he did not reveal uh, who they're working with off air, but I look forward to seeing that in future. And I'm not joking about that tangle tease with the leopard print. It was that or a Union Jack flag. Of course, I went with a leopard print. Also very exciting to hear about the Compost Network. As always, all the links to Biopack and the Compost Network will be in the show notes today. And the Sky News update uh, came up in my chat with Rich. Ella Deesh, she's been on the podcast before. She was on one of the Sky News climate updates recently. I will share that episode in the show notes as well. And another episode, which is going to lead us on to our Eco Life Pack. If you're listening in Wales right now, spoke to future Generations Commissioner for Wales, Sophie Howe, all about the upcoming elections. It's the episode called Leaving the World in a Better Place Than You Found It. I will link in the show notes, but today's Eco Life Hack, maybe you'll think it's a cop-out. Technically, um, I don't care. <laughs> I'm just going to encourage you all to make sure you have a plan to vote May the 6th. If you're listening in England, we have lots of different local elections going on across the UK. Um, make sure you know who you're going to be voting for, Make sure you look at their eco-policies and also make sure that you hold them to account as well. Coming up on the final episode of this series, I had a lovely chat with the founder of Coco Rose Eco and the host of the Sustainable Shift podcast, all the way from Australia, technically Queensland, I think, Patria Field. We talk about the difficulties of marketing yourself as a sustainable business. I know I've spoken to lots on this podcast and possibly you own your own sustainable brand if you're listening right now that is coming up next week on the age of plastic podcast until then wash your hands wear a mask and stay safe 